Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. I am excited to get into the Word of the Lord that uh, He's put in my heart for this year. We started last year talking about uh, maturing. And uh, one thing that... I've been saying here recently is that we didn't mature last year. We started that direction. But maturing is not a, you don't do that in a year. You do that over time, and it's something that, that we can't leave that subject alone. We can't just, uh, just push that aside and say, well, that was 22. We matured in 22. No, we started maturing in 22. And so we're going to continue to mature. We're going to continue to grow up as a family, as the body of Christ, as, uh, as the church, and as individuals. Praise God. And, uh, uh, you know, maturing is not always a fun thing. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I, was, I was thinking about that. Uh, actually, it was kind of a, kind of a dumb thought, but... Uh, you know, I, I was just thinking about uh, kids when they, you know, they, they think maturing a lot of times is is uh, is calling people who they don't think are mature immature, and they think that's maturing. So, but uh, you know, but in reality, that's what the church has done a lot. Well, you know, you need you just need to mature. Well, kids would say it like this: mature not mature, mature, and uh, it's because they don't know how to spell it, but, um, but anyway, uh, if you found that funny, then uh, you got a weird sense of humor, too, uh, and so anyway, we're talking about ma ma the maturing of the saints. We're talking about, uh, you know, what, what are we dealing with when we're talking about maturing? We're talking about God's original intent. Praise God. God's original intent for creation. He created you for a purpose. He created the human race for a purpose. And, um, you know, Jesus said this. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And... Uh, uh, when we start talking about seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, I've, I've, I've talked about this a lot before. And uh, so, you know, if I told you, well, uh, get with me, I've got a, um, you know, uh, 
I've got a check for you. And uh, so all that week, you run around, you check your mailbox, you know, you, you start looking for me and uh, um, trying, to, trying to get the check that I have for you. But what you never think to do is ask me, where do I need to pick it up? You run around looking for a check, but you never ask, where do I need to pick it up? Like I said, well, you know, just come by my house. Well, then the first question, what would, what would be the logical question if I said, just come by my house, I have a check for you? What would be the logical question there? Come on, somebody can think logically. Where do you live? There we go. All right. Where do you live? Where's your house? That would be the logical thing, you know. And so there is a place that God is wanting to bring us to. There's a place where, you know, we're running around seeking blessings and seeking God's provision for our life and seeking healing for our bodies and seeking this and seeking that. And he said, seek first the kingdom of God. Well, duh, ask the question, where's the kingdom of God? I mean, you know, you understand the point I'm trying to make here. I, I'm, I'm not talking literally, you know, uh, but I, I'm, talking, I'm making a point here that there is a place that God wants to bring us to. A place that if, if we find this place and we get to this place where God is wanting to bring us to, then healing for our bodies won't be a problem. Provision for our material needs won't be a problem. You see, here is the, the we're, we're going around seeking all of these things rather than finding the place where all these things are. Praise God. Because if we find that place, and, and, and actually, you know, some people think, that when God asks you to give, that, oh, he's just trying to get something from me. And, and you know, God's, God's wanting to get... Do you realize that in, uh, I believe it's Psalm 50, God says, he says, if I was hungry, I wouldn't ask you. <laughs> he said, the, the cattle on a thousand hills are mine. All the beasts of the forest, they're all mine. Every, the, you know, it's, it's all mine. I wouldn't ask you. If God needed something, he wouldn't come asking you for it. Because anything you could give to him would be something he already gave to you. It all belongs to him. It, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Praise God. And so God's not trying to get something from you. You have nothing God needs except yourself. That's it. That's it. And then someone began to understand that. And they said, no, God is not trying to get something from you. God's trying to get something to you. 
And, and, you know, I thought, okay, that makes a lot of sense. God's trying to get something to me, so he needs me to give, and it shall be given to you. He's trying to get, give something to me, so he says, give, and it shall be given to you. And while, you know, while, while there's truth in that, yet there's a greater truth that God is not trying to get something to you. He is trying to get you to something. Praise God. He's trying to get you to something. He's trying to get you to a place where all of the provision and all of the things that he's done in Christ that he's provided for you, he's trying to get you to the place where these things can freely flow. Praise God. You know, the... the um, the scripture talks about in, in Isaiah 61, I believe it is, that he says that uh, uh, the, Jesus, it's a prophecy of Jesus, said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to bind up those that, you know, and, and, and it goes on and it, and it says to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. There is a translation of that verse about the acceptable year of the Lord. There's a translation of that that says the, the year when the free favors of God profusely abound. Isn't that good? I love that. When the, the free favors of God, the things that he has uh, uh, provided for us at great cost to him, but at no cost to you. The free favors of God profusely abound. Praise God. That, that means that they are readily available for the receiving. Praise God. He is trying to get you to that place where the favor of God towards you profusely abounds. Hallelujah. Praise God. So he is, he is wanting to get you to something. But remember this, when God created man, in Genesis, the first chapter, it says that God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And then he said something that was descriptive. He said, and let them have dominion. Praise God. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. The one thing that he did not give you dominion over is each other. Praise God. He never gave you authority over other people. Praise God. He never gave you the authority to control your neighbor. Yet a lot of times that's what we want to do. That, that's the authority we really want. But let me just say this. God said, let them have dominion. How did he give them dominion? How, how was it that God gave the human race dominion and what happened there? He gave them dominion by giving them the power to choose. Do you realize that you have no authority unless there is a choice involved? 
So sometimes we say, well, why did God make that stupid tree and put it in the middle, you know? Why, why did God even do that? So you could be like him. You know, we, we fail to realize how important that tree was to you being like him. He had to give you the power to choose something so that you could. There, what is dominion if you got nothing to have dominion over? What is, what is authority if, you have, if you, there's nothing you have authority over? He had to give you the power to choose in order for you to have authority. But God's original intent was for you to be like Him. His original intent was not just, you know, I mean, our religion is so shallow sometimes that we think God's original intent was for us to be nice. You know, I mean, does God want you to be nice? Sure he does. Is God nice? Yes. But there is so much more to God than just being nice. And, and sometimes we think that's all there is to it. We, we, our religion is so shallow that we think, well, then, then somebody said, well, God wants you to be healthy. I totally agree with that, that God wants you to be healthy. But... That's still shallow. It's still shallow. It's, it's more important than just being nice, you know. I mean, it's probably a, probably a step more, uh, you know. But there, there is so much more than you just being healthy. Well, God wants us to be abundantly supplied for. He wants us to be prosperous and and so our religion still shallow starts saying well God God wants everybody to be wealthy well I believe 100% that God wants everyone abundantly supplied for praise God abundantly provided for you know there, there should be no lack but here's the thing. God created man in his image and in his likeness, and he gave him all of creation. He gave it all to man. He created this place for man. And when I say man, I mean mankind, the human race, all right? So, so you know, let's, let's not even go down that road, all right? Uh, I'm talking about the human race. God created this place for you. That's why he didn't create man until the sixth day. Until the last day of creation. Man was the last thing he created because he wanted everything to be perfectly done. He wanted to set you in a, a finished place. And say, this place is yours. You know, he didn't want to set you in here and say, well, okay, now if you could just paint this and spruce this up a little bit. You know, we got a few little details we need to finish up on the house before you're ready to move in. No, he finished it all first. And then he set man in the garden. 
Praise God. And he put one tree in the middle of the garden. He said, don't eat of that one tree. He didn't give, he didn't give Adam 613 commandments. He didn't give Adam 10 commandments. He gave those to Moses 2,500 years later. He gave Adam one commandment. Why? Because one was all that was necessary for Adam to have authority. One was all that was necessary to give him the power to choose, therefore having the power of choice, therefore being like God. And so, in the garden where God put man, where he, where he put him after he created him, he said, here's your house, here, this, this is your domain, this is where you are to live, and you're to take care of this place, and you're to, to uh, um, you know, enjoy this place. And in this place, there are all of these trees you can eat from every single one of them with the exception of the one. And it is the one that gives you authority. And then, you know, uh, somebody said, well, you know, God needed to reserve something for himself. No, he didn't. Remember, if I were hungry, I wouldn't ask you. You know, if I needed a tree, I wouldn't ask you. If I, you know, and, and so uh, he put that there just so man would have authority. But in that place, in the garden, everything that man would ever need was supplied there. Everything that man ever needed, you know, was to... Uh, I, I did some teaching some time back about the the creative nature of God that 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 He put in you when He created you in His image and in His likeness. He's creative, so if you're going to be like Him, He had to put creativity in you. And, and you know, and I made this statement, God didn't create everything. Well, I know there's a scripture that says that all things were made by him and for him, and without him nothing was made that was made. I'm familiar with that scripture, but that's not what we're talking about. When I said God didn't create everything, God created the garden, and there was everything in, in the earth, in the, in the earth as a whole, there was everything necessary for man to be creative. You realize you don't, what, what's creativity if you don't have anything to create with? You know, I'm a, I'm a woodworker, but it doesn't matter if I'm a woodworker if I don't have any wood. You know, so I've got to have something to create with. I've got to have, you know, and, and, and for you to exercise the creative nature of God that he put on the inside of you, he had to give you something to create with. He had to give you the capacity to create. You know, I, I love this, that when, when uh, th you know, in, in the Old Testament, God gave very specific instructions about 
how the the tabernacle was to look and uh, all of the, every detail about it he gave uh, very detailed instructions as to how they were to worship but when we come to the New Testament you won't find those details why because God restored something to man in the New Testament. He restored something to man. He restored back the, his original intent. And his original intent was for you to be like him. He had to leave room for us to be expressive in our worship to him. He had to leave room for us to express the creative nature that he had put on the inside of us. He had, that's why he didn't say, all right, you're to come together on, the, uh, on, on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock and you're to, to worship me all together. You worship me for 15 minutes and then you, you know, and then you take up the offering and then, you know, he didn't do that. He didn't give those kind of details. He didn't say you should sing three worship songs and then, you know, and then, then you to, to do announcements and then you're to have the, you know, Pastor Daniel come and preach. You know, he didn't give those kind of details. And that's why you can go from one place to another and worship may look different. Church style may look different. Music may sound a little different and, and because he left room for us to be creative. God wants to restore us back to his original intent and that was that we would have authority. When man had authority in the Garden of Eden, he didn't need to ask God for anything. Everything was right there. It was all there. Man didn't need to say, okay, God, I'm hungry. I need something to eat. Well, there it is. You have authority. Just go. You got all the authority you need to go pick whatever fruit you need. Just leave that one tree alone. You got all the authority you need to go get everything you need. God wants to bring us back to that place. Now, we have made it all about how to get stuff from God. But God's trying to take us to a place, His original intent, where everything was there. Praise God. That's what maturing is. That's what growing up is. Sometimes we don't, we, we don't have a vision of, of where we're trying to go, where we're trying to to, to arrive at what we're trying to, to uh, the, the place we're trying to come to. We don't have a vision of that. We don't have uh, any comprehension of what God's trying to get us to. But this is why I say he's not trying to get stuff to you. He's trying to get you to the place where everything is there. Everything is provided where we don't need to seek God and, 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 and struggle to have our needs supplied, struggle to, to receive healing for our bodies, struggle to have peace in our home. Let me just ask you this. The Apostle John wrote this. He said that as 
He is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. How is he? Is Jesus struggling to get healing for his body? No. When Jesus rose from the dead, all the sickness and disease that came upon him that, belong, that was yours, it all came upon him. But when he rose from the dead, he didn't have any of that. He rose from the dead without sickness and disease. He rose from the dead with no pain in his body. He rose from the dead with nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. He rose from the dead to the original place that God intended for man. Praise God. And that's what he is trying to bring us to. He's not trying to get it to you. He's trying to bring you to it. Praise God. This is why the, the prophet Isaiah, he, he said this. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. And we thought that was an indictment. But if we just back up, he said, let the wicked forsake his way. Let him forsake his, his way, his thoughts. Let him forsake. You see, if you're going to get to the, this place, see, it, that... That scripture is an invitation. He's saying, my thoughts are not your thoughts, but you can have my thoughts. So, but in order for you to have my thoughts, you're going to have to forsake your thoughts. In order for you to have things my way, you're going to have to forsake your way. You can't have it both ways. That is the trouble with most of the, uh, of the church today is we're trying to have it our way and his way. Well, God, this is where we are. We need you to come where we are. He came where you are. Praise God. He came where you are to show you how to be where he is. Praise God. He came to immerse you into Christ so that you could be seated in Him in heavenly places. Praise God. Got to forsake your way. Got to forsake your way. Got to say, God, I'm, I, I'm, I'm done with my way. You know, and, I mean, thank God for the grace of God that even when we're not doing things His way, He still heals our body. You know, even when we're not doing things His way, He still provides for our needs. You know, we all ate. We all breathed the air this morning. Whether, you know, it doesn't matter how mad you were at God. It doesn't matter how rebellious you've been. doesn't matter what you did yesterday. You all woke up this morning, and you're here today. Praise God. Because He causes the rain to fall upon the good and the evil. Upon the good and the bad. But what if, what if we would forsake our way... What if we would come up to his way? Hallelujah. See, God, I want to know your thoughts. I want to know how you think. Praise God. The scripture says he made known his ways unto Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. 
So the children of Israel got to see all the stuff he did. Moses got to know his ways. Do we want to know his ways or do we just want the stuff? Do we, do we want to know his ways or we, you know, or, or do we just want the things that he gives us, the things that he can provide for us? Do we, do, you know, Lord, as long as you take care of me, I'm good. No, I want to know his ways because that was why I was created. That was my, God's original intent for me. God didn't want a bunch of robots running around. God wanted children. He wanted familia. Praise God. Praise God. And he wanted to give you the familia business. He wanted to give you the family business. Praise God. And the family business, see, we want God, well, Lord, do this, do this, do this. And he's saying, I gave that to you. He said, I, I want you to have the family business. And then he sat down because he was finished. Praise God. He said, I gave that to you. I want you to run this place. Hallelujah. You, I want you to be just like me. Well, what is it that makes us like, well, see, uh, once again, our shallow religious thinking. So, oh, well, I think we probably look like God. Well, that's dumb because we all look different. You know, so which one of us looks like God? You know? I mean, I, I say God's a, a combination as far as how God looks. He's a combination of all of us. We can put all of us together and we've got what God looks like. But here's the thing. You know, that, that's, that's so shallow. Well, we look like God. Well, we, you know, we have the ability to speak like God. You know, we, that's, that's still shallow. The thing that makes God, God, is authority. Dominion. That's why the very first thing he said was, let's make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them have dominion. Let, let, me, let me emphasize a, a different word there than, than dominion. Let's create man in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion. Do you, do you see what I just did? See, we, we've, we always say, let them have dominion. But he said, let them have dominion. He, in other words, I have dominion. Now I want to let them have dominion. I want them to be like me. I want them to have dominion. See, and when we come to the family home, when we come to the, to the uh, and begin to function like the family of God, like what he created us to be, this is why the scripture says that, that Jesus became the firstborn among many brethren. Hallelujah. Now, some people get upset. They they. They would accuse me of being a heretic right here. Well, he's saying you can be like God. You can't be like God, you know. And, and 
and, and that's okay. They can call me whatever they want to. But, uh, um, you know, it's, it's what God says, not what I said. It's what God said. Let them be in my image and in or our image and our likeness and let them have dominion. Let them be just like we are. We have dominion. Now, you can never be, don't, don't, don't misunderstand this. You can never be your father. You can be just like your father, but you can't ever be your father. Your father will always be where you came from, and that role will never reverse. God is where you came from, and that will never reverse. He is God over you, and that will never reverse. You will never take his place. I'm not talking about, well, you. everybody becomes God. You know, well, if, you know, uh, we all become gods. No, you become in his image and in his light. You become just like he is. He has authority and rule over all, and he created you to be just like that. Your realm is limited, though, to what he gave you. His is never going to be limited to what you give him. But yours will always be limited to what he gave you. You're not going to create a new universe. You already have one that he gave you authority over. You know, you're not going to create a, 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 a whole new species of being, you know. There, there are... There are limitations to this, you see. Your domain, and you cannot escape it, your domain is the earth. Let us create man in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion over. He, he set out the boundaries. He said, let them have dominion over over the fish, the birds, and the creeping things that creep on the earth, over all the earth. He set out the domain. Praise God. But he said, within the realm of your domain, within the confines of your domain, you be exactly like me. And he said, I created everything and I put it within your domain, everything you ever need. And, you know, when someone uh, uh, rebuked me and told me that God created everything, that I was wrong about that, I said, God never created a computer. He created all the stuff that goes into the computer. God never built a house. He created all the stuff that goes into the house. He never made an automobile. He created all the stuff that goes into the automobile. It all was within the domain, but he gave you the creativity. He gave you the, this realm, and anything within this realm, you can take it, and you can use it, and you can make whatever you want to make out of it. Praise God. But there's a place he wants to bring us back 
2. Adam misused the authority. He misused. Now, you say, well, Adam didn't have the authority. Oh, he did have the authority to do it. He did have the authority to, to sell out to the serpent. He had the authority to do that. It wasn't outside of his realm of authority. He had the authority to do that. It was the wrong use of that authority. It was, uh, you know, it was the, let's, let's say this, Adam's sin was the worst sin that, that could ever be committed. Worse than murder? Oh, he, that, it was murder. Why? Because every person born on this planet after that died in their sins. So literally, what Adam did killed, killed you. Thank God there was a last Adam that came along. Hallelujah. There was another Adam that came along that corrected all that. There was another Adam that said, I'm going to come along and I'm going to restore man back to God's original intent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not just about you acting nicer. It's not just about you uh, be, you know, having all the stuff you want. It's not just about that. that. That is so minor. That is so minor. When we are living in the place God wants us to live in and functioning the way God created us to function, all that stuff is easy. All that stuff is just there for the taking. Praise God. Praise God. That's where He wants us to come to. But we cannot get there. Last year in the month of January and February, I spent two months in, the, in, in one chapter of the Bible, Hebrews, the sixth chapter. And I encourage you to go and, and read that chapter again. But one of the things I, 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 uh, that, that was a puzzling statement to me for many, many years, and during that time last year, the Lord began to show me what God was talking about. And, and he said, and I believe it's the third verse of Hebrews, the sixth chapter, to the second or the third verse. And he talks about, let us leave behind the elementary principles of Christ and, you know, the baptisms and, and uh, you know, and all these things. And he says, and let us go on to perfection. Let us go on to maturity. Let us grow up. He said, but then the writer of Hebrews said this, and this we will do if God permits. Now, why would God not permit us to mature? Because he, 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 he talks about that maturing means that I begin to function in the powers of the world to come. If I'm functioning in the powers of the world to come, but but I, I'm still insisting on doing things my way. See, here's the deal. If today I suddenly begin to function in everything God created me to function in, 
And I begin to walk in, in everything God intended for me to walk in. And I begin to live like that. I would end up, and I, you know, I'm, I'm making an honest confession here, and you can do the same thing. But I would end up doing what Adam did. And that is the thing he will never permit to happen again. You would too. Don't look at me like that and say, you know, well, you, you, no, you would too. You would too. Because there are some things that you've got to, see, Jesus walked in that. Jesus walked in that. That's why Jesus, uh, when they came wanting him to pay his taxes, he, he sent Peter down to the seashore. He said, go down there and catch a fish, and the first fish you catch, there'll be a coin in his mouth. Take that coin and go pay your taxes and mine. Now, wouldn't that be nice, you know? <laughs> pay your taxes by going fishing, Albert? Wouldn't that be good? Yeah. You know? Uh, Jesus when his disciples were out in the middle of the sea and they're out there and he needs to go to them he doesn't have another boat so he just walks across the water goes to where they are see Jesus functioned in this this is where God this is what God meant when he said have dominion he had dominion over the water so that the water supported him when he walked on it. He had dominion over the fish so that the fish scooped up a coin and brought it to him. Jesus operated in that level of dominion in the earth, and this is what he wants us to operate in. But if we suddenly today begin to operate in all that, you know, if it's just about functioning in the authority and the dominion, you would end up using the authority and doing exactly what Adam did. Adam said, I can eat of that tree. I'm going to eat of that tree. I know God said don't, but, you know, he gave me the, he gave me the power to choose. You know, I'm choosing to eat of it. And you'd end up doing the same thing. Unless you can get all of that self stuff out of you. Praise God. This is what we're working on is getting all that self stuff out of us. Praise God. So that we can begin. This is why we must grow up into Christ. Now. Christ is in you, but just because Christ is in me don't mean I act like him all the time. And it's not just about that I got to start acting like him. No, I got to be changed and realize that he and I are one. See, that, that's the only way we're going to get there is to begin. It, it, we, we've approached this from changing our behavior. And we've approached this from, well, you've got to do this and you've got to do this and don't you dare do that and don't you, you know. 
And we've talked about all the things you, you don't do and all the things you have to do. And, and, and we've made it into a whole bunch of rules. When it all really comes down to, I have received Jesus Christ as my Savior. I have been joined to the Lord. The Father and He, and by the Holy Spirit, came to make their home on the inside of me. And i got to learn to let them live out of me. Praise God. Then and only then can I live in that place of God's original intent. Hallelujah. What was it that God did? He breathed into Adam the breath of life. He put the spirit of life on the inside of him. And then when Adam ate of the fruit that he was told not to eat of. The Bible says he died. In other words, he lost the life of God out of him. But then something happened. On the day of Pentecost, the very first thing that happened was suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were. What did God do with Adam? He breathed into him the breath of life. We need to get this on the mic. So He breathed into him the breath of life. On the day of Pentecost... Take that same sound and amplify it 120 times because there were 120 people in the upper room. You take that and you amplify that 120 times. How many decibels was that that I did just then? Probably about 50. So multiply that by, you know, how it must have sounded. And a lot more than that. Praise God. And it filled all the house where they were sitting because God breathed back into them the breath of life. Hallelujah. And man became a living being again. Now we got to learn what that means that Christ is in us. This is why the Apostle Paul said Christ in you is the hope of glory. It, the only way you're getting back to the original intent is to realize the Christ in you is the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's about like father, like son. Hallelujah. It's, it's, it's about you growing up into Christ so you can run the family business. Praise God. It's not about daddy, the head of the family business, decides how much you get paid. No, it's about now you are heading up the family business. Now you, uh, you know, the only thing he didn't give you the right to do is to sell it. You know, he gave you the authority in the family business. It's, it's a familiar thing. It, it, it is the, that you are the son who is exactly like the father. 
Praise God. The Father lacks nothing. The Son lacks nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Do do you see what I'm saying to you today? Do you you see why this is a family thing? God's original intent was for it to be a family thing. Why do you think the devil wants to bust up families? I mean, he, he wants to bust up families. He wants to wreck marriages. He wants to divide homes. He wants to separate children from their parents. He wants to, you know, all this. And, and I'll just say this. No, I'm not going to say that. I'm not. I'm not quite ready to. I'm not quite ready to say that yet. Uh, the day will come when I will. But I'm not quite ready to say that yet. So, but I, I'll just say this. I, I will say it this way: that God is against anything that breaks up the family function. See, here's what he wants for the for the the family function is that you procreate like he procreated. He was the original. He was the origin and everything came from him but he wants you to be like him. It's why he he put Adam and Eve together so they could procreate. This is why he brought the body of Christ together and he said, now you go into all the world and preach the gospel so you can procreate more. Because he said, fill the earth. Praise God. Fill the earth and have dominion over it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got to grow up, people. We got to grow up. He's not, you know, we got to go back to Hebrews 6. He's not going to permit you to function in an authority that you don't know how to use. He'll, he'll provide your needs. He'll, he'll take care of you. He'll supply for you. But you're always going to be way short of what he intended for you if you don't grow up into Christ. Praise God. Praise God. You need to make that your quest for 2023. Now, I'll say this. When we get to the end of 23, you will not have grown up. You will have grown into Christ, but you will not have, in other words, we're not going to finish this this year. But we're going to make some major progress in that direction. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We didn't, we didn't mature in 22. We're not going to mature in 23, but we're going to move that direction. Praise God. We're going to grow up. You're going to be more mature than you were, than you are today. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Well, Father, we thank you today for your original intent for us. Father, we purpose in our hearts today that, that our quest above anything and everything else, Father, we, we want to mature and, and grow up into Christ. Now, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, then, or if you're watching me online and you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that's the first place. See, you're not even in the family till you do that. This gets you in the family. Hallelujah. This makes you a child of God. Praise God. And how do you do that? The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, it's all about what he did. That's how you get in the family. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I want everyone that is hearing me today, I want you to pray this with me. Whether you're online, whether you're in China, Russia, Philippines, Pakistan, wherever you might be, or if you're right in this room today, I want you to pray this with me. Praise God. And because you can never confess the Lordship of Jesus too many times, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm not saying that you're going to be saved again and again and again. No, I'm just saying you can't ever do this too much. This is, a, this is the confession of your life now. Praise God. And so, but if you're doing this for the very first time, then according to God's word, when we say amen at the end of this, you will be saved. Praise God. So let's, let's pray this together. Say, God in heaven, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, for paying for all of my sins, for raising him from the dead so I could have new life. Today I choose to put my trust in Jesus for my salvation. Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. I trust you as my Savior. Thank you for saving me. Amen.